Hey James, do you think you'll live to be a hundred? Actually, yeah. With the body modifications and medical enhancements I've been paying for recently, probably. Ha, well I won't. But you know what will? What? Our show, at least episode-wise. Oh, that's right, because we're celebrating our 100th episode episode. with a spectacular live show. On Wednesday, April 17th at 8 p.m., we're pulling out all the stops with a live podcast recording at the Ossington. That's 61 Ossington Avenue, right in the heart of Toronto's Ice Cream District. There will be special guests, amazing segments, and, as always, a fun, unforgettable game at the end. Plus, I'll be eating a hundred hamburgers in honor of the 100 episodes we'll have recorded by then. Really? Sure. Okay. So save the date. And dress to impress. Because on April 17th, we're celebrating our 100th episode in style. In a bar. Welcome to another edition of the Landlord and Tenant Podmas, the only podcast that has the balls to ask the question, can a landlord and tenant be buddies? Hi, everybody. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Landlord James. And I'm the other host. I'm Tenant Michael. And we've got an action-packed show again for all of our listeners this week, don't we, James? I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's action-packed, It makes uh, DC and Marvel uh, comics look boring in comparison. Don't... Don't spend your money on them. Don't go to those movies. Mike, I've got to ask, are you a DC or a Marvel guy? Hmm, I'm actually more of an Archie guy. I don't know if he, I don't know if one of those companies bought Archie Comics or anything like Uh. that, but I'm more of a, yeah, Riverdale kind of person. And not the Riverdale on Netflix where everyone's, you know, fucking the old version. I'm sorry to to start off the show with that but anyway the tv show is too risque for you always fucking anyway Anyway, um it's good to see you how was your week i haven't seen you in seven days i i I was worried about you thanks mike well um my week has been a bit weird um it turns out uh my personal trainer gaetano i think i've come to the conclusion that he's a bad guy Oh, really? I mean, there were some warning signs. I'm not going to lie. Oh, please. Like what? Well, I was. he took those photos of your credit cards. He spent a great deal of money. He sort of installed himself in your home. He was sort of controlling what you ate. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever, Michael. I was with the guy all the time, and he was a straight shooter, and he was a guy's guy, and he treated... And, you know, we were close, okay? Anyway, but, but I guess ultimately you're right. He... He did turn out to be kind of a bad guy. Um, I came home one night this week, and he was kind of uh, freaking out and uh, basically pointed a gun at me and was sort of like, I'm a bad guy. I'm a bad guy. Oh, my God. And I thought, you know what? Wait, he pointed a gun? He said that, yeah. you, he said that you were a bad guy? 
No, that he himself was. Oh. And I started to think, wow. you know what? Maybe this is a bad guy. So what had happened? What had you know led to this moment where he pulled a gun on you? Well, I think he's just a big freak. Apparently, because okay. after he did that, I, I, uh, a neighbor called the police because of the commotion. And it turns out he's sort of a Dirty John kind of character. Oh, no. Going around from wealthy 30-something uh, hoi polloi of Toronto's single men right. who are millionaires and manipulating them. And he did it to me. I was, I was tricked. My God. So I guess it can happen to anyone. If, if it, it can, can happen, happen to me, to it can happen to anyone. If you've got a personal trainer and he's living with you and he's taking photos of your credit cards, watch out because he might be up to something. And I, it turns out I was, I was a victim here. <sighs> That's awful. Well, any single men in their 30s who are listening to this, yeah. please, please watch he Apparently out. he's done it to about 15 single ripped uh, millionaire socialite Awful. Toronto men, and Awful. I was just another in a long line. So, James, in the past, you've mentioned that Gaetano is a very charismatic figure. I mean, yeah. he basically uh, hypnotized you. Mm-hmm. How, how tall is this man? Because I've never actually seen him. Believe it or not, 5'1". No! Mm-hmm. So he's just a little squirt of a guy. And well, he, he I has mean... this hold on you. I mean, that to me is a little funny. He just would look into your eyes, and, and you'd, you'd lose yourself in them. Really? And he'd tell... Oh, mm. Sorry, just you said the phrase, lose yourself, and you know what I start thinking of, right? The Eminem song? The Eminem song, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, he's in jail now, so there's a hole in my life where Gaetano was, and right. uh, we'll see what I fill it with. Not a very big hole, though. <laughs> Five one. Yeah. You know, the Danny DeVito, I think, is uh, about that height. Really? Mm-hmm. Would have pegged him for 5'4". Anyway, Mike, how was your week? Um, It was... Not very good. We're both suffering from uh, bad weeks now. You have not very good itis. Not very good itis. Uh, a doctor diagnoses you with that. Now I have to commend you, James, for not uh, pointing out or asking me about this plaster I'm wearing on my nose. Yes, I was trying to be polite. It looks mental. Yeah, I look sort of like the uh, the mummy. I have a plaster on my nose, and I'll tell you why. So, um, frequent listeners will remember that I've been recently trying to put together an all-male a cappella singing group. I've been holding auditions. We are going to be called the Ho-Hummers, and we it's our goal to take on pentatonics and just crush them in the charts. And last week, I revealed that I was in a pickle, because Randy Ford, uh, the lesser-known Ford brother... Yep. He auditioned for me, and I didn't expect much, but he has the most beautiful voice I've ever heard. You said it was like an angel came to earth yeah, and opened his mouth. Yes. Uh, just uh, like a, If you close your eyes when Randy Ford... Now, now, to describe him, he's a big guy, very red face. Google him. And he's got a, that iconic cowboy hat. You do not see him without the cowboy hat on. Yeah, handsome as the day is long. And, you know, you, you wouldn't think a guy like that would have, you know, he's full of grit. Uh, you wouldn't think he'd have a beautiful singing voice, but he does. And, you know, I don't agree with his politics, but I need a great uh, singer. So I decided to accept him into the fold. Well, things were going smoothly until we booked some time in the studio. We're going to do some, you know, cut some demos. And I insisted. I said, Randy, I got to tell you, uh, a real gentleman doesn't sing with his cowboy hat on. What? That's the way I was raised. I was raised to believe you don't sing a cappella music. You, you, you wouldn't wear your cowboy hat in church. You don't wear it in the studio. You don't wear it when you're singing on stage at Carnegie Hall. Oh, come on, Mike. Johnny Cash wore a cowboy hat. Yeah, like he all sorts sing, of people do. But he didn't sing a cappella music, which is in the style that 
you know, of pentatonics and, you know, a mix of religious and jazz music. Anyway, I said, Randy, you're going to have to take off that hat. And he just looked at me and shook his head and he said, I don't know what you're talking about. And then I, we got into a bit of a dispute. Oh no. Things got heated. I flipped the brim of his uh, cowboy hat and it went sailing almost in slow motion through the air in the studio. And he went even redder than usual. Oh God. And you know, he's starting in a pretty red place. Yeah. Right? All those Fords. Nice red boys. And he went absolutely berserk in the studio. Oh my God. Almost Phil Spector levels. And he just pummeled me with a flurry of punches. And he banged my head against the recording console. And he kicked me in the, you know, in the nuts. And he stomped on my hand. And um, anyway, dot, dot, dot. That's why uh, I'm wearing this plaster on my nose. Because he broke it. Wow. That is some kind of fight. It was. And then as I lay there in a pool of my own blood and also excrement... I looked up at him and I said, all right, you win. You can sing with the hat on. (laughs) (laughs) So you're going to keep going with the ho-hummers? You and uh, Randy? You know, it sounds counterintuitive. He beat the crap out of me. But honestly, his voice is so beautiful. I'm willing to forgive him that. So this is like if you just had the most, the best looking boyfriend or girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And you just let him get away with murder because they're gorgeous. Yes. Wow, Mike. I don't know. I don't know what you're signing up for here. He's clearly got a temper. He does have a temper, but it, I, you know, I shouldn't have poked the bear. I, that's what I call him. I call him the bear. Wow, Randy Mike Ford. and the bear. Yeah, I, and I do encourage our listeners to Google Randy Ford and get a look at that iconic cowboy hat of his. <laughs> wow. Well, wild weeks. There's no doubt about it. And there's a wilder week uh, coming up soon. What do, you, what do you mean? I'm talking about uh, the week of April. Uh, the 17th. Yes, because that is our live show at the Ossington in Toronto. Uh, Wednesday, April 17th, 8 p.m. 61 Ossington Avenue in the heart of Toronto's Ice Cream District. Yes. And uh, it's going to be a great show. It's our 100th episode. Please come out. Yes. Please come out and, and see it. It will be a really fun time. It's a really fun bar. And yeah. uh, we've got great guests. Ennis Esmer. Tim Gilbert, Jackie Pirico, and Robin Hatch. Yeah, in-house band Robin Hatch. Mm-hmm. Now, she's like a combination of Paul Schaefer and uh, who was the guy? Oren uh, Isaacs. Branford Marsalis. Well, I was going to say Oren oh. Isaacs from Open Mic. With Mike Bullard. Yes. What's he up to these days? I'm I sure. think he's on a radio station in Mississauga. Okay. Because I think he got fired for um, allegedly stalking a TV reporter. <laughs> oh, no, no, not Mike Bullard. I mean... Oh! <laughs> No, I know Mike Bullard uh, got charged with stalking. I meant the band leader. Oh, Oren Isaacs. I yeah. don't know, but my friend in high school told yeah. me once that he saw him in a mall. And my friend was Whoa. a bass player. And he said, hey, man, you rule. And Oren Isaacs was like, thanks, dude. Wow, that's like if you're into you know guitar and you see Jimi Hendrix, right? <laughs> yes. That kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, he's sadly no longer with us, but... Yeah, anyway, to get back to our live show, Robin Hatch, in-house band, she's never uh, been charged with stalking or anything, as far as we know, and uh, also, that means, yeah, it's our 100th episode, that's as many episodes as Kirk Douglas has years, and that's saying something. That is, wow, that is really saying something. Also, thank you so much to our Patreon people, we are really grateful, and uh, check it out, you get one extra episode a month, Yeah, Landlord and Tenant VIP. Thank These episodes so are causing a real stir in the paid content community. They're very good, high quality. 
most of the other podcasts are jealous. Yeah, yeah, we've we've been we've been feeling that from uh, yeah other podcasts. Well, maybe it's time to get to our segment, Mike. I have been waiting all week to do this segment. I'm very excited. Um, now, Mike, what month are we in here? Let's see. The first day was January. And then it was February. Oh, April. That's right. We're in April. And uh, April is just a heck of a month. And we thought it would be fun to do a segment called The Landlord and Tenant Podmas Presents Three Cheers for April. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. Hip, hip, hooray. So this segment is going to be all about uh, us sending shout-outs and giving props to to all things April. And I think you'll see what, what I mean as as the segment progresses. Hmm. Um, can I go first? Please. All right, so this is about the month April. I love April because April is my birthday month. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday. Thank you very much, James. Um, recently, a funny thing happened. I was at an ATM to get some cash out. And, um, you know, uh, 1984 type situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I finished my transaction... A screen came up and it said, did you think we forgot about your birthday month? Happy birthday, Michael Allen. It used my middle name. Hmm. And it sort of freaked me out a bit. It's like, how much does the bank know about me? Mm -hmm. And, you know, I think the bank wanted me to uh, form some sort of emotional connection with this ATM machine to sort of, you know, form an alliance. But I was on guard and I was like, no, no, no. If uh, Have you seen the film Space Odyssey? Yes. The Kubrick film. So you're familiar with Hal. Yes. Right? Uh, while Hal is dying, he, he I mean, he tries to kill the, the crew. And then while he's dying, he tries to get the astronaut to not kill him. And it really it reminded me of that situation. I was like, when this ATM dies, it's tr- it's going to try and, you know, play in my emotions. And I have to be on guard and just let it die. Wow. Interesting. Um, also, your middle name is Alan? Yes. I also share a birthday with celebrities Victoria Beckham, Jennifer Garner, and <laughs> this is the biggest one of all, Maynard James Keenan from Tool. Well, I would say that is proof that astrology is right, because all four of you guys seem very similar. Yes. Imagine if we all got together for a birthday cocktail, how fun that would be. Well, Maynard owns a winery. He certainly does. So why does. not have a glass of wine? Yeah. Okay. Well, very good, Mike. Thank you. There's one salute to April. I'll do my first salute to April. One of my favorite things about April is April Fool's Day. Um, you know, it's April 1st. It's fun. Everyone has a laugh. You mm-hmm. see, you know, a radio station pretends they've switched formats for a couple hours and everyone freaks out. It's yeah. very fun. I played an April Fool's joke this year on my son, Pavel. Oh, no. That's right. Pavel lives in Miami with uh, his mother, who I'm not talking to. And I played a little joke on him this year where um, I said I was going to fly down to see him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I haven't seen him in quite a while. Right. right. Good Lord. I don't even know when, when the last time I saw him was. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I played a little joke where I said I was going to uh, oh. come down there to fly down to see him. Yeah. Just him. It was just going to be him and me. We were going to have a good time. Yeah. Dad's son time. Yeah. And then I didn't fly down. Oh. So, April Fool's. Oh, I thought I was expecting a different like punchline where like you flew down and did something else. Uh, no, no, I just said I was going to go see him, and then I didn't go see him. Oh my god! Yeah, uh, did did he find that um, funny? Oh no, typical Pavel emotional wreck. 
does not get my sense of humor, which is really annoying when your own flesh and blood doesn't get your sense of humor. Right. I mean, he is, what, 10? 10 years old? I don't know. Something like that. Okay. But, you know, I'm ironic. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, it's me again. So my uh, second salute to April, well, it's nothing to do with the month, James, and uh, I just saw your your eyes open wide because you're alarmed, but relax, it's going to be okay. My second shout out to April is to the famous fictitious character April O'Neil of Mm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles fame. Uh, You're familiar with her, I assume? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yellow jumpsuit. White boots, that iconic red hair. Mm-hmm. Right? And she's a very, uh, you know, uh, roll up your sleeves and go to work kind of gal. Yeah, a TV reporter, I think. Yes, TV reporter. And in uh, a different incarnation, she's also a uh, teenager. Really? And a blogger. Yeah, okay. she, she has many different incarnations. I'm going to stick with the TV reporter, Channel 6 News, New York City. So why am I shouting out April O'Neil? Well, I'll tell you why. She makes the world a better place for being in it. Hmm. You know, specifically, I like her because she's a lefty. I'm just going to say it. She's a lefty because she consorts, she chooses to consort, by the way, with society's downtrodden. And she gives them a voice in the media. I'm talking about mutants and freaks like the the Ninja Turtles themselves, uh, Splinter, the famous Rat Master, um, and uh, you know even someone like Casey Jones, her on again, off again vigilante boyfriend. You know, she uh, doesn't like to mingle with the you know high society of New York City like some oh, people. Oh, good do. accent. Thank you. It's my New York accent. Uh, Beyond all this, April O'Neil, you know, she's a shining example of what an Irish American can accomplish if they put their mind to it, right? Oh. And she's part of a, you know, proud tradition of famous Irish New Yorkers. Uh, I'll just list off a few here. Uh, Matthew Broderick, of course. Uh, George Carlin, the king of comedy. Uh, Former FBI director James Comey. Uh, Jennifer Connelly, and, of course, um, Bill O'Reilly. Oh, very thorough, Mike. Very thorough. Thank you. April O'Neil. Uh, here's my second April cheer, and that is uh, Easter. April oh. is the month where we have Easter. Okay. And, um, you know, I don't really do Easter dinners or anything like that, but I do love Easter time because it's fun to eat the chocolate. And also, mm-hmm. it is a time that the website Pornhub is at its best because they always change their heading, like their font to something funny with Easter eggs or an Easter bunny. And they really showcase funny Easter porn videos. Um, I always look forward to it every year. There's always something funny going on where an Easter bunny's, what, you know, watching a guy and a girl, you know, do it on a car hood or something like that. And it's it's really fun. I highly recommend so, it. If you're home on Easter Sunday, if you need to get away from the dinner table and go into the bathroom, pull out your cell phone, look it up. Very fun. So this is just bunnies just being voyeuristic and just watching people. Yeah, it's often that. They yeah. never participate. Well, no, Mike. It's a, okay. That's a rabbit. I mean, what the hell, man? Right. All right. Uh, my third and final shout out to April. Um... This one is for our uh, French-speaking uh, listeners, and also anyone who likes good music. I'm talking about Avril Lavigne, Canada's own, uh, Napanee-born, the anti-Britney, some used to call her. Other people called her the queen of pop punk. She's a real heartbreaker, as we all know. 
because she married both Derek uh, Wibley mm-hmm. and Chad Kroger and divorced them both, and they haven't been heard from ever since. Anyway, I'd like to shout out Avril because she stands apart from the pack, and she gives truly zero Fs. Mm-hmm. And I have something to back that up. In 2010, she got the word fuck tattooed over her rib cage. With her then uh, boyfriend, uh, wow. Brody Jenner. They both got the word. She dated Brody Jenner? Yes, she did. Uh, I remember that guy had a reality show I watched. The Hills? No, it was like um, finding him a new male best friend. It was called Bromance. Oh. Why would you get that tattooed on, tattooed on yourself? I did some research, and apparently she loves the word fuck. And it's her favorite really? word. So makes sense. She got a tattoo there on her, uh, wow. right over her rib cage. That's an interesting fact. Mm-hmm. All right, well, here's my final, uh, what is it, cheer? Final cheers for April. A lot of people don't know this, but April 4th is Rat Day. Oh, yuck. No, not yuck. April 4th is Rat Day, a day to celebrate rats around the world. And um, I'm a rat owner, and I have a lot of friends who are rat owners. And it's a great day for us to get together, celebrate Rat Day. Um, You know, we hold... Uh, no holds barred uh, fights for the rats and uh, you know betting a lot of money on it and that's a great source of entertainment for me for my crowd for the you know upper class wealthy crowd of uh, of Toronto we get together and we fight our rats and Winner takes all, and so April fourth always a really fun time of year. And how and much money have you made? Oh, lo- I've won and lost a lot. Like ball- oh, ballpark figure. Well, I won. I mean, I didn't kiss and tell, but. Let's just say I won fifty grand this April. My rat beat uh, another guy's rat that Jesus. he didn't know was sick, so I had the advantage. Oh. But he didn't realize it was sick until the fight started, and my rat bit the other rat's head off. Oh, so it's a fight to the? Of course, it's a fight yeah. to the death. What do okay. you think they're going to go? You know? Oh, well, I didn't know. They don't know what they're doing. Right. Um, All right. And of course, we just like to point out that the 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 biggest thing in April is the death and resurrection of. Uh, Jesus Christ. But uh, yeah, it's time to wrap up the segment. Let's not make this a religious podcast, please. And uh, yeah, that's the segment. That was lovely. So um, why don't we take a break and then come back with our guest? Sure. Welcome back to the show, everybody. We've got a great guest for you today, don't we, James? That's right. Uh, very excited to have him. He's a horror film enthusiast. Let's hear it for Tal Zimmerman. Thanks so much, guys. It's super cool to be here. So, Tal, would you say that because you're a horror horror film aficionado, that's true. Did yeah. this did, did your experience with this building sort of? help uh, that process for, for sure our minds used to go wild as to what went on in here i mean right. we had this whole story about there was this like creepy old man and he ran the place and i don't know where we got this from we just kind of invented it from comic books or one guy we knew this guy uh he was two grades ahead of us his name was jr he was 
I want to say he wasn't his slow. Was Jar? No, Jr. Sorry. Oh. Jr. I, don't, I can't remember. I was what thinking it stood of Jar for. Jar Binks. No, suddenly. It, it was a, a, a guy by the name of Jr. And he was super imaginative, but he was very troubled. And he would tell us stories about uh, what went on in here. So there was this creepy old guy that would uh, sort of conduct human experiments on people in oh, here. Uh, people built into wall, like uh, uh, paved into the walls and stuff like that. Uh, portals to other dimensions. Um, sort of sewage, sewage uh, treatment areas that were unchecked. And well, that's sort of true. That part's overrun. true. Yeah. That's still going on. So it, these things filled our minds and imaginations as kids. And yeah, I would say that definitely sort of implanted the seeds of, of horror fandom in my head. That and um, and uh, my cousin sat me down and made me watch Creep Show when I was a kid, and I was so scared, but uh, I no. pretended to like it, and I cried a little. Like really. Uh, uh, bl- not blood, but like red. A bit of red came out of my eyes. Oh I was so God. scared from fear. So, is was Creep Show? Was that like your first hit that got you hooked? Uh, on it, horror. It was definitely. I was at a certain age where I could comprehend things a little better. My earliest memories are. I, have you guys ever seen a movie called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark? A TV no. movie oh, from the mid seventies. It's like a kids. Oh no, I'm thinking no. of the kids show. I, I, I actually don't know. Are You Afraid of the Dark yeah, is the kid's show. Yeah, sorry. Oh, God. Uh, but this uh, one is loser. Don't Be Afraid of the don't Dark. Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. Uh, uh, Guillermo del Toro remade it a couple years ago, oh. and it's about this couple that moves into the house that, that that's so unbelievably inexpensive, and nobody knows why, like every right. sort of... And there's these little goblins that live in the walls and stuff. And uh, oh I God. saw that when I was very young and impressionable. And and uh, it's like uh, it's like people in suits, but on giant sets of like giant chairs and shit. That's how they a- achieve that. And as a child, when I first saw this, uh, I became super scared. Plus, like the wow. uh, Hatchet Hospital or whatever this is. But how did it go from when you were a kid and you're like, oh, my God, this is awful to now you're like, yeah, baby. Yeah, you did before we started rolling. You kept saying, yeah, baby, off off mic. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, first of all, that is, I always was of the impression that Mike Myers and Michael Myers was, oh. like, it was always Austin Powers under the mask, right? I always thought it was yes. Mike Myers. Yeah, so, yeah, baby, is very much an expression of my horror fandom. That recent Halloween movie, uh, what was oh, it? Oh, Halloween? Wouldn't it have been, <laughs> is that what they call it? The- it's the only sequel in history that I can think of where the sequel is the exact same name as the first, the first one. Well, see, they're innovators. Is it not a but, remake? It's not like... No, no, it's a it's sequel. A- it's a direct sequel to the first film. Would you, the- were you hoping part, like in deep in your heart, were you like that Jamie Lee Curtis at the end would like, you know, confront Michael Myers, rip that mask off and it would be Mike Myers, Scar- Scarborough's own under there? And Yeah. And like, were you, yeah, you were dreaming was- of that? I was totally going for that. I saw it at the premiere at TIFF, the world premiere. And I was screaming, uh, I was screaming, yeah, baby, uh, party on. And nobody was like having it at all. I mean, this was uh, the Elgin Theater, a beautiful, yeah. old, uh, gorgeous. That was a beautiful theater. Theater, uh, an art deco theater in, mm. in, uh, right downtown in uh, Toronto's mall district. In the heart of the malls district, across the street from Toronto's very own Eaton Center, right. and I'm and I'm just like uh, you know I'm 
a buddy of mine gave me a couple Xanax that night, and then we had like a couple Coors Light, and I just can't keep it in. And I'm just such a passionate horror fan yeah. uh, that I just started screaming Austin Powers quotes in the middle of the world premiere of uh, the new Halloween film. Well, you gotta do, do what you gotta you do. Do I make you horny, baby? Remember that one? <laughs> do I make you horny, Yeah, I'll baby. never forget that. Can I tell you guys a real story about do I make you horny, baby? Oh, I mean, I'm comfortable with yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Co- coming at you. Okay, okay, so this story is great. So, uh, well, do you remember the show Blind Date? Oh, yes. hell yes. Hosted by Roger Lodge. And there was, uh, <laughs> there was, uh, there was one, there was one episode where, uh, this woman did Austin Powers quotes and the man oh. did not pick up on it. So, uh, she says, do I make you horny, baby? And, uh, <laughs> like on their date? She on their date. And just, he had no, no context for Just, this. just one time. Yeah. No right, context. Right. And he said, yeah. <laughs> and then he said, do I make you horny? Oh. Like. Plainly, though, not with an accent because he didn't know that there was a. Do I make you horny? Yeah, do I make you horny? Like he was asking, honestly, do I make you horny? And uh, she just kind of smiled and looked out the window. And so every time it's kind of, I wouldn't, like it kind of ruined the quote for me in a good way. Did she pick him in the end as a great uh, date? It did not happen. First of all, imagine losing out on. Sex because you hadn't heard of Austin Powers. Imagine not knowing what Austin Powers is in 1997. Yeah. Nobody and wants to fuck that guy. He, he is obviously an enormous loser that he didn't know that and is just so, you know, so sincere in this way. But also, she's not coming off great doing a bunch of Austin Powers quotes on a date. No, but this was also at a time when... Austin Powers quotes were Austin as Powers commonplace Steven. as, <laughs> right. you know... Um, uh, electric cars. Okay. Uh, if, but, but more, <laughs> not, but more probably. I, I think, I think the progression went Austin Powers quotes, the same, the same type of people were making Austin Powers quotes to Borat quotes. Wow. There was yeah, yeah. maybe old school quotes or something. Frank the Tank. Like there was some people Napoleon that. Napoleon Dynamite thrown in there as well. Uh, quotes though. Uh, well, sure. And at this point, and let's circle back to to Mike Myers for a second here because please, please. because the office uh, revived that's what she said yes gave it an, an a massive new life mm-hmm. and that and, from Wayne's World and that was from Wayne's World right and wow I don't remember that that's what she said is from Wayne's World I didn't know that wow. so I wonder if Myers got money from the office for that I doubt it mm-hmm. I doubt it because you can't. I don't I mean, think you can. I don't. I, Alfonso I think, Ribeiro sued Fortnite for the, for uh, them using the Carlton dance. Really? He, Did yeah. he win? He withdrew his lawsuit, and he apparently he's filing a new one. <laughs> oh, oh good for him! Good for him. There's a guy who uh, only gets better as a computer avatar. Absolutely. <laughs> well, we were talking about Mike Myers, of course, Toronto's favorite son. Toronto itself has a bit of a history with like a. a Famous history with uh, horror movies, yes. doesn't it? Uh, Black Christmas. Was That's right. Here? That's right. Up in uh, uh, Yorkville, a house in Yorkville. Andrew Martin was in that. It's in Yorkville, and uh, the house is in Yorkville. Yeah, I've Isn't been there. Um, is this a famous? You have to forgive me, Tal. I no don't problem. know much about horror movies. But is lo- this a considered a classic? A lot of people don't know about horror movies, so don't sweat it. And yes, this is a this is for sure a classic. This is the proto slasher movie. This is came before Halloween. It did. Really? This was from this was made in 70, 1973. 73. Far be far earlier than Halloween, which it's it's considered to be the first slasher film. Wow. In a way, Black Christmas, first, Canada's wow. own Black Christmas, and. Margot Kidder and a yeah. young Andrea Martin. And Art Hindle. 
Right. And uh, 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 a few other people that I can't <laughs> oh, recall right now. And what is the name of the... Because we see the killings from the point of view of the killer in Black Christmas. What is his name? Billy. Billy. And he has his mother... Uh, with a bag over her head up in a rocking chair, or is that one of the girls? He That's calls? one of the girls. Okay, he might very well have called her mommy at some point. Maybe I'm but... confusing Psycho with Black Christmas. Well, it's all there's so much points away and towards Psycho. Why is it a Black Christmas? It's Christmas Day, and a freak comes in and kills them. Because it's uh, because a lot of killing. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's black as in like uh, emptiness, sadness, darkness, evil. Uh, not in the not in any other kind of way. Now this might I don't know if you consider it part of the horror canon, but Police Academy films were also shot mm-hmm. in Toronto. Indeed, they were. Could we talk about those for a moment? Yeah, let's yeah, talk those about are classic that. horror hits. The big riot that happened uh, was in Kensington Market, a little neighborhood called Kensington Market really? that I spent a lot of time as a young child. Now, is, is this the original Police Academy movie or one of the sequels? Police Academy Uno, the Uno. first one, yeah. Wow, right in Kensington Market. Now, to, to non-Torontonians listening, Kensington Market, how would you describe it? It's a mix of uh, Jamaican, Jewish, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Latino, and uh, hipster culture all in one place. Totally. Lots of uh, vintage clothing stores yeah. and inexpensive groceries, although it's changing a lot. It's like a, a little enclave of like punks and hippies mm-hmm. that have, uh, that has successfully fended off, uh, a much corporate presence that's kind of plagues the rest of the city. There's, there's, right. uh, in a good way too, because I don't, I don't, it's convenient to have, you know, a Starbucks. If you're on one side of the street and you don't want to cross, inevitably there's going to be another one. If you keep walking very soon, but Kensington market has fended off all kinds of stuff like that. It's becoming very trendy. It's mm-hmm. pricing a lot of the uh, the lower income people out, but it's a cool place to spend time as a child. You see a lot of wild shit. You see uh, heroin junkies fucking in the alley and stuff like oh, that. Oh, you saw that? Yeah. Wow! When you I was saw a kid. that when you were a kid. I assume that yeah. didn't make it into. I haven't seen Police Academy in a while, but I don't think they're. <laughs> if you look closely, actually, when uh, the one guy's throwing the television through the bank, you can see off in the distance. What, right. what was the name of the sound effects guy from Michael Police Winslow? Guy? Michael Winslow. That yeah. guy was good, man. So, I would love if someone led a like walking Police Academy tour through Kensington Market for just to show where all that stuff happened, like to stand in the very spot where the sound effects guy had been mm. in Kensington Market. Re- remember, he did a cameo in Spaceballs. I do, yeah. And he was like, you know. Uh, and Mel Brooks is like, what's going on in the radar? He's like, nothing. It's me. He was making the noises, the radar noises. That's funny. I does, do remember that. Does Spaceballs count as, as horror? <laughs> um, no, but it would have made the trades back in the day on the count of the prosthetic effects that went into it. You know, kind of all blended together. Oh, Pizza, Pizza the Hut and uh, the little uh, y- Yodel or whatever. Yoda. Yogurt. 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 It's been a while. Yogurt. It's been a while. As yeah. a kid, I thought it was so funny when there was a scene where there, I don't know, Mel Brooks was like, I want you to comb the desert. Oh, right. Yeah. And then it cuts to the guys with a big comb right. in and the guy desert. Goes, we ain't found shit. Well, that's, they, yeah. they, they have the pick. They have a pick, right. For, oh, so it's racial humor. It it's racial com- humor. It's very racial humor. humor. He loved it. He loved but, racial humor. Uh, made me laugh as a kid. Also, how about this line? <laughs> how about this line? I'm a mog. Half man, half dog. I'm my own best friend. Remember that? 
Toronto's finest, Johnny Johnny Candy. She goes, what's your name? He goes, Barf. She goes, not in here. This is a Mercedes. He goes, no, that's my name. Anyway. Did John Candy ever make a... Now, I know Uncle Buck is in a horror movie, but did he ever make any horror movies? Well, he was in a film called The Clown Murders. uh, Really? Which I think was more... I don't think it was a horror movie. I think it was more of like um, a drama. Okay. Uh, It was a Canadian, possibly made for TV film called The Clown Murders that he was in. Yeah, Yeah, that's right. So, Tal, you uh, made a documentary called Why Horror. Yep. And... uh, could you like, is this, um, maybe this is too difficult a question to ask, but you know, you've clearly done lots of research, you know, so much about it. What could you give like a top, a list of your top all time fave horror movies? Uh, or, yeah, or I mean, them? yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's ever changing, mm-hmm. but I'll tell you a few that are definitely live on the list forever. Okay, please. My number one is and always will be mm-hmm. George A. Romero's. 1978, splatter, classic, Dawn of the Dead. The most ferocious, bloody, aggressive movie of its day. Okay. I saw it uh, at at 12 years old, and it completely changed my life. Wow. I felt like I had been through like... uh, I don't know, an easy bake oven or something. Uh, it's a terrible analogy. I feel like I felt like I went through something after having watched that as a kid. I think being 12, and this is something I discovered while making a documentary about why people like horror, but being 12, full of hormones, mm. primed for change, primed nice. to, to take on new, exciting thrills. Uh, I was always a little chicken kid. Like I was really scared of stuff. No thanks to this, much thanks to this place, I should say. But, uh, but so by the time I saw Dawn of the Dead, uh, everything changed and it was like incredible. So I just started seeing a bunch of stuff. Uh, Also on that list would be uh, the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre, right? Which Mm -hmm. is just a, a scary movie. The last. 25 minutes or something is like this woman is screaming continuously while these hillbillies like hit her with hammers and stuff. It's fucking crazy. Now, uh, did George Romero live out his final days in Toronto? He's buried in Toronto. Yeah. Why, why did he, he move here? So George Romero moved here because he shot a film here in the nineties called bruiser. Okay. And fell in love with Toronto cruise. First of all, here's something else in Dawn of the dead. Uh, which is sort of presents the end of the world uh, because it's covered with zombies and they're cannibals and they're going to eat you. But there's a few survivors left and they discuss their options and their ultimate goal. They want to end up going to Canada. Really? And then again in 2006, when George Romero returned to the zombie genre that he created with Land of the Dead, the characters at the end, they're like, what are we going to do? Let's go to Canada. Well, they and won't so, like our taxes very much. <laughs> well, the carbon universal tax. healthcare. So, and so is it the, the, the humans wanted to go to Canada? The humans the, wanted sorry. to go to Canada. So, <laughs> so I, I initially thought you had said the zombies were going to go to Canada. And but, George is a very, like you, a very lefty kind of character. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think he always probably liked this place or liked the idea of it. Um, and then he moved uh, here uh, uh, after... Um, shooting bruiser and then uh land of the dead or uh yeah land of the dead uh he said yeah this place is cool moved here um met a woman uh, mm-hmm. okay right toronto girls. right a toronto a toronto girl and um sort of yeah lived out his last days living in toronto programming occasionally for the cinematech wow 
uh, once or twice. And, um, yeah, it was very interesting, especially for a guy like me who, uh, just sort of mythologized this man, any horror fan, uh, of my vintage would have right. looked upon George Romero as this larger than life deity who created, uh, modern horror basically with night of the living dead. Uh, and it's like a weird sort of, uh, uh, it sounds egomaniacal in a way, but just the idea that your hero moved to your city and died near you is kind of weird. It's kind of a weird thing to, to process. Hmm. Right. Isn't it weird? That'd be like for James. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think like your hero, like if DJ Tiesto moved to Toronto, <laughs> yeah, you're, you're always like going on about him. And if you like, you want to meet him. Yeah. And if you got to spend I time, that would be weird. Oh, was yeah. he a famous slumlord as well? No, he, you know, I'm very into electronic music. I go, you know, to oh. the Blue Moon Festival every year. And I'm, uh, yeah, so for, I, I think I get it. I think I get what you're saying. Yeah, that would be, that would rock my world. Yeah. How about Cronenberg? I'm thinking Videodrome, uh, Dead Ringers. He shoots, mm-hmm. a lot of his early and mid movie, mid period movies were shot in Toronto, right? A whole bunch of them. Um, How do they do the explosion, a head explosion in Videodrome? Can you tell no, us? No, that's uh, Scanners, right? That's Scanners. Sorry. Jesus Christ, Mike. <laughs> and that was uh, Louis Del Grande. From Seeing Things. From Seeing CBC Things. And, uh, but before that, he played a character named Scanner Number One. And he had his, and his head exploded. Michael Ironside made his head explode with psychic energy. And that is Cronenberg, though, right? And that Scanners? was David Cronenberg. Okay. All right. And let's circle oh. back around to places like this, dilapidated medical facilities yes. and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So it's said that uh, the particular flavor of Canadian horror mm-hmm. uh, brought on by the likes of uh, Cronenberg and others in the late 70s and early 80s in the tax shelter era, a lot of films dealt with... Uh, institutions and uh, medicine gone awry. Uh, uh, Cronenberg is full of that stuff. Right. I mean, from scanners to mm. the brood and stuff like that. Oh, and that right. is because yeah. there was a big scandal, in, a Canadian scandal, uh, oof, I want to say in the 50s, where um, there was a large orphanage. I can't remember quite where it was. It could have been, this could have been it. But there's a large orphanage that um, was at risk of losing their funding. And the gentleman who ran the orphanage realized that uh, there were to be soon available funding for uh, psychiatric research. So Uh he switched his orphanage. This doesn't sound like it's going to a nice place. And this really happened. Uh, He switched his orphanage to a psychiatric institute. And it was a big, weird scandal. And then after that, all these weirdy medical horror films came out of Canada. Wait, so what happened to the orphans? <sighs> well, you know, I don't, I don't, I can't speak in for individual ones. Can we change the subject? This is really sure. starting to bum me <laughs> sure, out. Yeah. I'm- Can I tell you a horror movie that I like, but yeah. I don't know if this makes me a basic idiot or if, if you'd be like, and actually, I'm not even sure it's a horror movie, but I, I, I don't really get scared so much by, uh, people like gore, but I, I got really scared and I'm embarrassed to say this, but I got really scared when I watched paranormal activity. Mm-hmm. Is that even a horror movie? Yeah, sure. That counts as a but horror movie. Is, am I an idiot that that made me scared? No, it's pretty scary You're stuff. An idiot I- for other reasons. Oh, sh- 
No, it's 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 uh, that kind of stuff gets me too. Paranormal yeah. stuff. I'm it's not, scary. and I'm pretty. I'm pretty skeptical. I'm a skeptical dude. Mm. I'll tell. I can tell you one time I saw a ghost. What? Please. You guys want to hear Please. about the time I saw a oh, ghost? Yeah. I'm just gonna lower the lights. Okay. Uh, so this was back in uh, the days when I before I had children. Oh. My wife and I lived in Toronto's Kensington Market, oh. right in the heart of. Uh, Chinatown, mm-hmm. right. west of Chinatown, south of Little Italy, right. and one day um, I took it upon myself. Our our place was very old, and we lived on the second floor. Um, and uh, and one day I decided to take upon myself and be a good husband and clean the house. Uh-oh. Okay. And uh, around uh, halfway through, I went to the bathroom. To uh, to clean up in there, and I brought with me a sponge and some Greenworks spray. Oh, environmentally conscious. Some Scott towels, and I went to work. And uh, as I was um, circling the sink with the cellulose sponge, my wife's hair clip jumped out of its little hole, a cup that was sitting there on the side. A hair clip just spontaneously jumped out. Wow. And I thought, well, it's a spring-activated thing. Perhaps it was uh, 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 jammed somehow, and then it was becoming dislodged, Mm. and then it hopped out when I was there. So, excuse me, I'm going to cough, and then later you're going to edit this. Or not. I don't care. It's spooky. Our listeners like the coughs. (laughs) They like sputtering, coughing, chewing. Mm. (laughs) So um, I put the hair clip back in the cup and continued on. Mm. As you do. Cleaning the bathroom right and this time it jumped even further what the hell and i thought oh my god and the first thing out of my mouth was it's okay that you're here wow i wanted to communicate with whatever was there with me that i thought I, that i was okay with what was happening so you said uh, it's okay that you're here i said it's okay that you're here i was uh sh- shivering i looked at myself in the mirror i was pale as a you know what? As a G. As a, uh, I don't want to get derogatory well, here, but pale as a ghost. Oh, I was like, oh. Okay. And, uh, and. Was it in the mirror? Could you see it in the I mirror? I know, I know. I couldn't see anything. Uh, but then I looked closer and I realized that the cellulose sponge that I was using uh, had caught one of my wife's hairs that was stuck in her hair clip. And that's what was making it jump. But for a good, I want to say 25 seconds, I was convinced that I was in the presence of the paranormal. That. Did you, did you have to like stop and take a break for a minute or did you just like, were you just glad that no one had been around to see that? Let me tell you this, Mike. Um, How often do you tell stories about times where you were cleaning the sink? That's how, that's how, (laughs) that's how jarring this was. And this was over 10 years ago. So I'm telling you, this was, uh, I'm, I didn't, at this point I can look back and laugh, but at the time I was really, really rattled by this whole thing. I, I had oh to take the, the afternoon because I really thought I really was there. I was in that place where it was like, well, shit, I'm, wow. I can see ghosts. Was this during the day? Yeah. It's weird how Jesus. ghosts, are, when you, when you feel something like that, it's so scary. Cause I mean, I don't know why it's so scary. Cause you could sort of approach it like, oh, hi ghost. You know what I mean? Like, what? No one's no. ever get. No one ever gets murdered by a ghost. Like, at worst, it'll just look at you and go. Ugh. 
Well, James, as we discovered while making this film, Why Horror, which asks the question, why are people so attracted to dark imagery and stories, what has uh, mounted uh, in modern times to the horror cinema? Mm -hmm. And and over time, uh, you know, uh, dark fables and fairy tales and things of this nature. Why do people love that stuff? And we thought that um, we discovered that in other cultures that believe in the paranormal, Latin American cultures, for example, on their... Uh, very festive day of the dead. They sit right. and they drink with ghosts. Um, I'm not, mm. it, you know, it's it's not it's not necessarily seen as something to be scared of. Hmm. Right. Uh, it's not a spooky Can event. You smoke weed with a ghost. Um, I mean, I I've I've uh, I'll put it this way, and I'm not even kidding you. I don't know. Okay. All right. Okay. Fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. I don't know if you can actually do that, but I have smoked a fair bit of weed. And if there were ghosts in the house, yeah. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna ask them to leave. You know. Imagine doing Molly with a with a couple of ghosts. But Imagine this, doing Molly with some ghosts and going dancing all night long at a, a rave. Well, you know, Tal, you mentioned that that ghost story you had. I actually once a similar kind of story. I was uh, asleep in my bed. And it's a, uh, you know, California King, huge. And uh, I'm in bed and I'm asleep. And then all of a sudden, I feel a hand oh boy. on my chest. And okay. I go, what the hell is that? And I'm like, asleep. And the hand trails down my body and goes down to my penis. Mm. So I'm going, okay, should I be calling the Ghostbusters right now? Next thing I know, this hand is doing stuff to my penis. Next thing I know... Another hand from the other side of me is also rubbing up and down me and doing all this stuff. And I end up having a threesome with what I thought was two ghosts. No. I'm having a crazy threesome wow. with two ghosts. And I literally for like a few hours thought, oh my God, ghosts are real. I just had a threesome with them. And then I realized, oh, I just did uh, too much ecstasy at a rave I was at, and it was just a real threesome. Wow. I, I got I to gotta admit, the God. idea of having sex with a ghost, I find very erotic. Because of their... Because it's almost like having sex with uh, Jello in a way. Yeah, it's like... Uh, it's, right. firmer, it's firmer than air, I want to say, but not uh, 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 so firm like meat. Do you remember right. the movie High Spirits with Steve Gutenberg and Daryl Hannah? Uh, I don't. I uh, don't. James is always talking about this movie. I watched it a lot as a kid. I don't know why, but Steve Gutenberg would have sex, sort of, with the ghost. Yeah. But they, she'd like pass through him, and that was like titillating. Hey, have you seen the trailer for the new movie by the guy who did Hereditary? Midsummer. Yeah. Whoa, have you seen that, Mike? I haven't seen the trailer. No. Have you guys seen? Have you guys seen Hereditary? Yes. Though I didn't see it. James saw oh, it. Oh, Michael, saw it for, you've got to see both it. Of us. Yeah. Oh, really? You're not interested, eh? You don't do horror movies. Mike doesn't watch a movie unless it's you know in subtitles. Here's what I always say when people oh. say, "Do you like horror movies?" I say, "Yeah, I like horror movies." Um, the six, the six o'clock news every day on TV because of the way the world is going. There's a lot of truth to that, Thank Michael, you. and and this is why this again talks about the. Uh, idea of becoming desensitized right uh we i think we're desensitized more by what we see thanks to the internet and uh the media uh than any than a lot of things that we can see in horror films can i ask you a question Ugh. have you heard about the momo challenge do you know who momo is yeah i do how do you kill momo you say kill- momo appeared right here what would you do hang myself 
Isn't that how you do it? Isn't that what you're supposed to do? Well, I mean, you that's what Momo wants you to do, I believe. But what if you had been like tasked with killing Momo? What would you do? Kill myself. You the only way to kill Momo is to kill yourself. Damn. How about you, James? What would you do? <laughs> um, I would probably try to engage it in discussion, you know, Joe Rogan style. See what it has to say. You talk to Momo a... for up to four hours? Yes, of course I would, Mike. The, About the, cryptocurrency? The left and... is always trying to shut down conversation, and I would actually try to talk with Momo. All right. Tell. That's fun. You know the monster, the blob? Yeah, I am familiar. How come the blob has never been uh, rebooted in like a truly scary way? Or am I wrong? Well, did you see the 80s blob? I think I did. Uh, directed by Chuck Russell. Okay. Uh... In any Did event, you to Russell Peters. No, <laughs> I mean yes. Sorry, I was mistaken. Yes, he is. Oh, okay. What uh, is it? Just a damn blob? It's just a damn blob. But you got to see the '80s one. There's some pretty. There's some pretty scary stuff in it. Like it's. There's oh. a lot of great practical effects uh, that are still shocking to this I, day. I, I'm, Kevin Dillon. You know Kevin Dillon. Kevin. Matt Dillon. Dillon's younger oh, yeah, brother. Yeah. Uh, he's in the Blob. He's in the Blob, but he's also later in. He survived the Blob to uh, to be an entourage. But am I crazy that I don't find a Blob scary? Like if I saw a Blob, I'd be like, what is? Well, it's what it devours everything in its wake. Yeah. Is like, that a sort of like people say that some zombie movies were like you know uh, about you know consumerism mm-hmm. or. Uh, I don't know what were vampires like a allegory for. What is the blob an allegory for? Is it like uh, the blob is an allegory for the creeping uh, menace of communism? Isn't everything communism? In those- oh, well, today everything right. you don't like is communism. So the blob but- is like a patriotic American yeah. capitalist from out of from outer space. Yeah. Damn, that wins Hail. by suffocation. Yes, right. Wow. I would say that, I mean, a lot of movies from the 50s were about that, about the creeping threat of communism and, uh, you know, invasion of the body snatchers being replaced by others, by alien beings. uh, Is Invasion of the Body Snatchers the one with Donald Sutherland? Donald Sutherland was in the 70s one, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then at the end, he goes, Yeah, he did. Yeah, that's the one. Do that again? That's great. That's That's scary. Do you think he ever did that to. To frighten Kiefer when Kiefer was a boy? That might be why he's so twisted now. <laughs> yep. That's why it takes him 24 hours to nab a bad guy. Oh, did you watch 24? Not <laughs> I watched, Not a stitch. I, I watched like at least six seasons. As far as I'm concerned, Kiefer Sutherland did entirely two things. Mm. The Young Guns duology. Oh, right. <laughs> And uh, the Lost Boys. Lost Boys. And the voice of the Ford commercials occasionally. Well, I remember you missed seeing, out. 24. I remember seeing the Lost Boys in the theater when it came out, and I was truly scared. Yeah. And that was the first time I heard... Uh, Echo was, and the Bunnymen. They covered... People are Strange. People are Strange by the Doors. Yeah. And I loved it. And then uh, I heard the Doors one. And I can't... Every time I hear that song, I think how funny it is. Just the door... Like Jim Morrison wrote a song about being strange. Yeah. <laughs> And it and it really was like there was nothing else like it at the time. I mean, that, I think yeah. that in the '60s was goth. I think That's so. probably too the proto goth. Be- true, the Beatles proto-goth? were just singing about you know holding the hands. Well, they had Helter Skelter oh, as well, please. famously. Yeah, they had Helter Skelter, and then uh, and then yeah, it was uh, there was not a lot of uh, spooky kind of counterculture back then. But the Doors were sort of at the forefront of that. Were you guys into the Doors in high school? I remember I was me and my friends thought Jim Morrison was super deep, and then at some point I was like, <laughs> "Hang on a second. I wasn't, but a lot of people I knew in grade school had Doors posters and stuff, like mopey guys with journals and shit, right? Or actually, but, the, the popular kids. Oh." 
They, the idea of oh, I mean, though. yeah, I mean, po- <laughs> popular kids who moped and had yeah. journals. Yeah, imagine Jim Morrison writing, sitting down to write the lyrics for. Is it called Strange Days? That's the album. The song is called When You're Strange. People or? are strange. People, People are strange. strange. Yeah. He's like, I'm so strange. And he thought he was strange just because he drank so much beer. <laughs> yeah. He thought that was, that, that was creepy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like, uh, it's, yeah, well, there was apparently, uh, apparently the way I uh, fantasize about it is that I can imagine Robbie Krieger suggesting to Jim Morrison, uh, can we have a part where I say, no, you're not that strange. You're just a kind of drunk and aggressive and sort of lacking in a certain type of character that makes you comfortable. the fabled missing verse, yeah. The fabled missing verse of Robbie Krieger saying, slow it down, you're not as weird as you think you are. You're you're pretentious and you're going to get us all killed. You just drank too much. This could be like a horror film, you know, like like a Jim Morrison character noticing people are around him are a bit strange. Here's an idea, and this is something that actually happened to me. I went, I was... uh, I went to Paris, and I uh, oh yeah, I saw the grave of Jim Morrison. Or sorry, went to Paris. Was my mom was with me. We were looking for the grave of Jim Morrison, and the Père Lachaise Cemetery is gigantic, and there's, there's like it's hard to figure out. And this like man wearing like filthy clothes just appeared from behind like a tombstone. Was like you looking for the Lizard King? And follow me. And then I was my mom started following. I was like, no, mom. <laughs> We don't follow this man. But wouldn't that be a great premise for a horror movie? A guy, a serial killer who kills people by tricking them into like showing them the uh, Jim Morrison's grave. Thank you. That would be good, yeah. You could... Uh, look, it doesn't matter what it's about, okay? As long as the kills are cool. Yeah. Mm. Uh, I, uh, I think, mostly. Uh, can we just talk about David Cronenberg for a second? Please, yes. I was in an episode of uh, Alias Grace with David Cronenberg. Really? Whoa. Yeah. And what's, what's right. he like? Is he as disgusting as, as I think? Like, I wasn't on set with him. Uh, I, w- I played a character called the High Bailiff. Okay. And I ar- uh, arrest somebody at the end. I-, I think it was the main character. I'm not exactly sure because I am a complete jobber. Okay. And um, I was in the last shot of the whole show. Wow. And when we wrapped, everybody cheered. And I, for as long as I could, pretended it was about me. <laughs> Wait, was David Cronenberg directing it, or he was acting? No, in it? he was acting in it. Uh, Mary oh. Heron was directing it, director okay. of uh, of American Psycho, and uh, who shot Andy? Oh, I shot Andy Warhol. Right, right. Wow. And uh, who was in it? Alias Grace. Alias Grace. Uh, myself and David Cronenberg and uh, <laughs> local improv comedian Christian Smith. Uh, but I don't recall who, who else. Uh, I, I can't remember the name remember of any that. of. The Has show. he acted a lot? Who's that? Cronenberg? Yeah. Yeah. He was, yeah, in, he was in Last Night. I he was in Jason X. He was okay. in Nightbreed. Uh, he does stuff like little cameos here and there. Right. Yeah. I... David Cronenberg. He talks like this. You know, I don't, I don't make films to uh, uh, gross people out. It's just it's part of my uh, uh, way of looking at things. Uh, the Anyway, yeah. I think he was in movie. I need to work on that, two. but it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> was he? No, but... He was in what? Movie 42. Movie 42, okay. Do you guys, would you guys think differently of me if I told you I liked much of Movie 42? Wow. <laughs> well, is that true? I like the balls scene okay. with Hugh Jackman. Oh, my goodness. No, that's a guy whose career is going well. Hugh Jackman, the, gra- uh, the greatest showman. They're making a sequel. And, that- and, uh, and also uh, Peter Farrelly. 
right. uh, one of the one Green. one half of the Farrelly brothers who made movie forty two, and he did Green Book. Greening, yeah, he made and, movie forty two. I well, yeah, I'm thinking of one. I saw one that was made by the Sticky Guy. And it was called like Vince. in app appropriate comedy. <laughs> and it was on Netflix, and it was like the whole movie was pretending you're on an iPad and you click different apps. Oh my god, and that's app, clever! Each app was a sketch, and it was very, very bad. Really? Uh, you're saying that the guy from the horrendous. Sticky and the uh, Slap Chop made a bad movie? He did. That guy's in that? Yeah, Vince. Whatever the hell that guy's name. Vince. I think his name is Vince Slap Chop. Yeah, it could be. And former uh, guest of the podcast, Nick Flanagan, was in the one of the commercials. Sticky commercial. Yes. Oh yeah, he and was the neighbor that Vince was uh, didn't like. Yes, although apparently in real life they get along get along very well. <laughs> it was just the tension between them was purely, uh, you know, it was for dramatic purposes. Nick but. does speak very highly of him. Yeah. Didn't, and Vince had his nose bitten off by a prostitute? I think he did. There was some sort of... Uh, he got into a, a tangle with a prostitute. Uh, last question, maybe, before we uh, take a break and do our game. Yeah. Um, do you think David Cronenberg should have been offered the job of directing the new Ghostbusters instead of Jason Reitman? It would have been a very different film. Um, excuse me, I'm going to cough again. Yeah. Please, please. <coughs> Speaking of body horror... I'm... Uh, I'm I'm in no position to say who should have been offered the of course, job of, of what. Sure. Um, I'm not quite sure what Jason. I mean, I, I'm trying to imagine now what a film, a Ghostbusters film directed by David Cronenberg would be like. Um, his particular humor is very understated. Uh, for example, when you see someone get their throat slashed in a David Cronenberg movie, right. that's the joke. Right. So. Um, so understated might not be the right word. It's kind of a, it's a, he's a strange man uh, who tackles a lot of strange themes. A Ghostbusters film directed by David Cronenberg. Imagine if like the, the team at the end, if like the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man is like trampling through Manhattan, they climb up and they just like very casually slit his throat. Yeah. Or yeah. Or like a, like a, uh, like a Russian uh, heavily tattooed version of, yeah. Marshmallow Man came up behind him, and, and they have a yeah. naked fight in like a. Uh, a yeah. Bankman and the Marshmallow Man have a naked fight in a, like a bathhouse or whatever in right. the bathroom. Yeah. And they're both naked and they're both tattooed. And then Dan Aykroyd's head just explodes like in. Uh, yeah, you can only hope. And then a crystal skull is under it, and then and then uh, <laughs> it's, it's actually vodka. Yeah, he makes them put in the movie that is like, well, Product placement. very difficult to overcome. The only thing that helps a blown up head is delicious crystal head vodka. <laughs> he's like, don't don't think about it. Don't think about it. And he's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they look down and it's just like crystal skull on <laughs> yeah, with feet. Skull vodka. I told you, know, you not to think about you know, it. You know what? I bet Dan Aykroyd would have it that he in the movie, in the Ghostbusters movie, he goes into the uh, liquor store. And he's like, a, a bottle of Crystal Skull Vodka, please. And they're like, sorry, we're out. And he goes, what? And then his head blows up. <laughs> that would be good. Any way to get his head blowing up in a film is okay with me. Yeah, I mean, hey, that, you, it can happen several times in the movie. Do you guys remember the movie Evolution? Yes, with David Duchovny. Do you know that was sort of cobbled together from the remains of what was supposed to be Ghostbusters 3? Really? I had no idea. It was awfully Ghostbustery, I remember. It was Ghostbustery, and I believe Dan Aykroyd wrote it. Okay. As you do with these things. And uh, there was also like a, the, a, an entire plot. Like the, the plot was solved because they used like Pert Plus to kill the aliens or whatever. But it was like they said the product name, like this shampoo. 
would kill right. the aliens. It was just but they just were like, oh, head and shoulders. Right. Let's just use head and shoulders. And then they talked about it all the movie. So it's safe for humans, but it kills yeah. aliens was the yeah. takeaway. Sure. That's interesting, though. Ghostbusters? Yeah. It, was, uh, it, it became evolution. I'm not sure uh, what the new Ghostbusters is going to be. It's supposed to be a sequel, yeah, to the Ghostbusters 2 or something. Are the old guys in it again? I don't know. I don't know what's happening. I can't. I can't keep up with I all the. I assume Dan Aykroyd will be in it somehow. Yeah. Somehow. He'll, at the end, he'll do a blues song. All yeah. I all I know is that Paul Feig and Leslie Jones are upset that they weren't invited to take right. part. Maybe. Damn. The, what Zool is Zool in the first one? The the big Feig is that how you say it? Feig. I don't Paul know. Paul, Paul, Not Paul. going there. Yeah, fair enough. What if the Ghostbusters realize the only way, instead of crossing the streams, like in the first one, to defeat the big evil boss, is to play the blues gig of their lives. <laughs> and so you get Aykroyd, Goodman, uh, Jim Belushi. Br- Br- Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis. Mm. Kevin Bacon. Together. Kevin Bacon and they all... Gary Sinise. Gary Sinise. And they all blues... Uh, you know their little hearts out until all the ghosts pass away. Mini Driver. Yes, they was could she get two thousand. Blue two thousand. I don't recall, but I know that she's got a great singing voice. <laughs> she's invited. I would love to see her getting a lot more work on the merit of her singing talent. Um, yeah. Well, I think it's that time of the show where we should uh, take a little break, and we're going to come back and play a quick game. And uh, well, who knows? We'll probably talk about some more spooky stuff. <laughs> sound good? Yeah, sounds awesome. And welcome back to the podcast. We're here with Tal Zimmerman. Thanks. Horror movie enthusiast. True. And uh, we're, it's the last uh, segment of the podcast. So that means it's time for the game. It's time for the game, the game, the game. It's one of our super popular games. They always go viral, and that is our aim. So sit back and please enjoy this game. Ooh, the spooky edition. So this week, we're going to, of course, continue sort of along the same line uh, that we were talking about before. Horror, spookiness, things that go bump in the night, Mm. absolute creepy things. And we're going to play a game this week called The Landlord and Tenant Pod Mess Presents... If I could date any monster, living or dead, this is my choice. That game has a long title. Long title, but it's a classic game. I think a lot of people can remember playing this, you know, on long car trips or, you know. Yeah, short car trips. uh, Short car trips. So we're going to go around and, yeah, pick our, (laughs) you know, the the date uh, that we'd like from uh, the world of monsters. Well, uh, why don't I go first? Sure. If I could date any monster, um, I think I would go with... A werewoman. Oh, nice. Uh, and oh, yes, right, yes, <laughs> that's cool. And uh, I think the reason why is I like to sleep with the windows open, and she might uh. keep me warm at night. <laughs> oh, yeah. you know, yes, I think about I do. it. You know, Harry. And also, um, I'm a you know very into Mai Tai MMA fighting, and it would be nice to have a sparring partner. Okay, and uh, yeah. I think she would solve my mice problem. Well, I think she would. You know? Yeah. So she'd eat them. She'd eat them. She'd uh, munch yeah. them down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And send a stern warning to the ones who thought of 
Yeah. You know, this is going to happen to you. Crunch, crunch, crunch. And the other mice would say, oh, no, thanks. It would be cool, though. Have you ever walked down the street with a friend who's really tough looking? And you do notice that people give you more space and are like a bit more like if you were dating a werewoman and you're walking down the street, it'd be great. Everyone would be afraid of you. You guys should know that I'm that tough friend for a lot of people. Really? Yeah. I can tell. People, when they need uh, um, sort of an angry, like an upset looking, don't mess with me kind of guy, right. uh, they, I'm that guy for them. I think our listeners can feel that uh, you have a, through their earbuds. You have a very intimidating voice, I think. Well, a very, very masculine voice. I disagree. Uh, do you mind if I do my no. date? No, no, no. All right, so if I could go on a date... Uh, Period. Uh, you no, <laughs> let me... Because... Shut, let me finish. <laughs> We're playing the game. If I could go on a date with any monster, living or dead... Uh, first of all, I'd choose a living monster. Nice. And I, nice. I'm actually torn between two. Um, my first choice would be uh, a maniac, like a female maniac. I'll tell you why, because I'm kind of in my social life i'm a little quiet a little reserved um i, I tend to stand in the corner at parties and so a, a maniac woman would sort of help bring me out of my shell she did initiate mm. conversations she'd always be you know bringing excitement to the into the relationship so that's that's i'm sort of going that way but i'm also leaning towards cookie monster <laughs> From Sesame Street. You yeah, guys yeah. know Cookie Monster? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think I'd like to go on a date with Cookie Monster because, well, he'd make me laugh with those googly eyes and me want cookie. And uh, <laughs> also, there'd always be some nice uh, baked goods around the house. And I've got a bit of a sweet tooth. Interesting. Nice. Well, as long as you don't have a sweet uh, dick because Cookie Monster would eat it off. Um, or is that a thing for you? Yeah, you can have that thing. You can have that I, thing. I, 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 I'll be totally honest. I hadn't considered that, and I'm not really... My mind I, go there and I apologize. Uh, so I'm torn between those two monsters. <laughs> Understand? Is a maniac a monster? Because I don't think it is. In as far, uh, let me just answer. I'm sorry. Oh, I'm yeah, just going to hop on. Mansplain. Uh, in the language of cinema, yes, uh, maniacs are drawn to be monstrous. Okay. So a cinematic maniac, like a an actual fucking person maniac. Yeah. I mean, we've probably all dated one of those, right? But you, uh-huh. but like a like a like a killer with like a potato sack on its head kind of maniac. I'm picturing a lady, you know, long frizzy hair covered yeah. in blood, and just kind of has a weird smile. And we're going on a date. That's I'm, amazing. Yeah, yeah. If I was ever going to be a maniac, I would do. I think a good maniac, I'd have like a big mohawk, <laughs> and I'd have like leather straps, kind of a Mad Max guy. That like would a, be a good maniac, okay. like a punker maniac. Yeah, punker punker maniac. maniac. That's a good horror movie. Yeah, idea. Punker maniac. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe Jordan. Uh, Peel's uh, third movie will be called Punker Mania. And by day, he plays in punk rock bands. And by night, he acts like a maniac. He runs up and down the streets and oh my God. rings doorbells and poops on people's lawns. That sounds scary as hell. Yeah. Punker Maniac. Grunger Maniac. <laughs> Set in the early 90s in Seattle. Oh, my goodness. Well, that could be the sequel. I love that yeah, city. Yeah, he's like the backup guitar player for a grunge band. And then Breakdance Maniac could be set in the late 70s in the South Bronx. Yeah. Damn. It goes on and on. (laughs) You guys want to hear who I would date? Yeah. (laughs) Absolutely. You're our guest. It's, uh, I don't know if this counts, and you can feel free to call bullshit if you want, but I've always had a soft spot for Dracula's concubines. 
And does a multiple one count? Because they kind of act as a single unit, right? Um, yeah. Were they kind of under his spell? Like, I yeah, don't know. completely. I, I think I know what you mean. Like the, the ladies in long dresses who That's are right. kind of in a spell. I mean, he had more groupies than uh, the Rolling Stones <laughs> did. <laughs> so, Tal, you, your dream sort of monster woman is a woman. I mean, because... Like thinking, a cluster of Dracula's concubines. kind of under your spell. You want uh, variety. You sound I don't like even... a guy who's not willing to try to woo someone if you have them under a spell. I don't know, because that's the thing. Like, whoever, whatever dopey man... Uh, uh, dares tread in Dracula's property um, becomes victim to these these vampire women, oh. and I think it would solve a lot of problems for me uh, slash fulfill fantasies if I were to be um, torn apart torn apart uh, in a sexual manner. Oh my god! Uh, by a cluster of vampiric concubines, really? not oh. mine though. I didn't. I don't want them to be mine. I want to like stumble upon an old right. uh, Transylvanian ah. castle. And then be um, beautiful babes rip your arms off as rip my arms off and my testicles. And you're yeah. merging the sexual act with death itself. I like it. No bigger fantasy I have going on. Uh, well, can I, I was telling James I want to die climaxing. Can I have a quick number two? Like oh, uh, you wait, mean in the you, toilet? <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. There ain't nothing quick the way I do it. Oh, I except agree. Hershey's quick. That's what it looks like. Um, Sorry, the mind of a joker. I, of um, I, my number two would have to be the blob for obvious reasons. Oh, Imagine disagree. the blob. So if the blob would say, stop in along Bloor Street, right. uh, um, and that stretch between St. George and Avenue Road, right? Uh, for example, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Avenue Road and Bloor Street, yes. between St. George and Avenue Road, uh-huh. she's, uh, she's shopping at uh, Gabby's and the piano store. And yeah. so if you, I'm sorry, right. I meant to say further east between Avenue Road and Bloor Street. Okay. So we're talking a uh, blob that wears Banana Republic, Club Monaco, right, Versace. Right. Got a little money in her blob pocket. Uh, but not like gross about it. Right. You know what I mean? Like stylish right. and heads up, but still understands quality. Right. Well, hey, I'll tell you what, Excellent. you'll save a lot on pillows. <laughs> the blob, I suppose you would. I, uh, Although your, your, your dry cleaning bills are going to be through the roof because of the residue that she leaves behind as she slithers around. You guys, speaking of the blob, is Slimer a blob? And do you think Slimer gets around? Slimer's a ghost. The blob is an alien. So no. <laughs> Does Slimer get I've around? I've heard that explained quite so concisely. But what's Slimer a ghost of? Mucus? Uh, the ghost of John Belushi. It's the ghost of John Belushi, yes. Slimer also did look like some of my... Uh, the relatives on my dad's side from the Hungarian <laughs> side of the family. Slimer had like an Eastern European look to him, like a like a gross-faced man with like moles on his face. Do you know what's funny about that is that I know that you are from that part of the world, and so I'm also from that part of the world too. And one thing I wanted to ask you, and we're not going to – maybe I'll come back on episode 100 and 203 or whatever. Uh, why are people from that our part of the world so unhealthy? Why are Slavics and Huns so unhealthy? I don't know. I mean, like, die young, because like, the men on my side tend to not last the longest, covered in moles. Uh, <laughs> I, is it from, like, generations of poor diet? And yes. Because, like, I come from peasants, and they yes. probably ate and lived like animals. <laughs> and to this day, to this day, they eat nothing, they eat nothing but fried meat haunch. 
They Which, smoke butts, drink fruit schnapps. No and, fruit and vegetables grow in that part of the world. Oh, it's, it's unbelievable. <laughs> and when they see one, they grate it into submission and turn it into soup. Yeah. That's why they, they smoke, they drink too much, and they eat a lot of fried hog meat. Right. And, I, and vote for fascist government. And they have their uh, far right thing that they simply do not learn lessons of the past i think still and i might be a few years off here i think the current life expectancy in hungary for a man is 28 years old <laughs> yeah he's an old he's an old horse by then i will say this i'm glad i brought it up in in we we got carried away talking about all that horror junk but i just always wanted to float that by you why do you think hungarian men like us are so i think because yeah the combination of diet and uh just the grim realities of life there. Probably. Yeah, not a lot of hope and much schnitzel, much. Yeah, and then just as and cream. Yeah, it's just all meat. Have There's... either have either of you guys ever been over there? I've never been. No, I would like to go, but I don't want to support that country's economy currently. Yeah, I'm waiting until government. I'm waiting till some of the anti-Semitism kind of simmers a little bit. Right. You don't want to contribute to that economy. I, yeah, yeah. I get it. Uh, it's some, something like that, Michael. Apparently, I was reading some uh, article about just a journalist saying on the journey from the Budapest airport to downtown, he saw 36 anti-Semitic billboards. Oh, my God. <laughs> that sounds like a movie. Yeah, could be. Yeah. 36 anti-Semitic billboards outside, outside of Budapest. <laughs> well, I think that's a great place it to could leave this. fucking be. <laughs> to leave this conversation. Tal, thank you so much for joining thank us. Thank you, Tal. Week. Oh man, you're welcome. Thanks for having me, dudes. It was super fun. I've been. Uh, can I just say some an honest moment for a second? Sure, I've yeah. been waiting for this call for a long time. Oh, oh. well, we are so happy thanks. that you answered. This has uh, easily been the best part of my week. Damn, well, thanks, thanks Tal. You're welcome. And I live a very full life. And can of people, course, can people uh, find why horror? Uh, yep. So currently it's on YouTube illegally and that's where I would send people to find it until we have some kind of distribution deal in place. Uh, we recently, um, have reverted all the rights back to us as many of the, uh, rights holders, um, options have lapsed. Okay. And so, uh, we're trying to figure out what we're going to do with it. And me and the crew are thinking about doing some other stuff in that vein. Cool. Well, we'll put a link in the uh, show notes and people can check it out there. Groovy. James, this has been fun. It, it hasn't been scary potting with you again because it's always fun. Amazing. It's very fun. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thank you.